Um, there's an outline in the bulletin that is for tonight. That was at least typed up a couple of weeks ago because we were, well, some of us were at Benalla last um, Wednesday evening. And so <clears throat> it's got the broad outline, the gifts assured, the gifts assigned, the people involved, verse 11, we looked at that one week, the procedure involved, we looked at that last week, to perfect saints, to prepare for service, to, to sanctify by edification. And last time we concluded with edification, edifying one another, and we went to the Corinthians where the gift of tongues, legitimate gift of tongues was being used by everyone speaking a different language in the same church building. It would have been crazy. That was, and Paul said, you're mad. Well, he said that unsaved people would say that of them. And I think they've gone madder <laughs> today. You go and see them rolling down the aisle, barking like dogs and hyenas and other things that they've done, and people have testified that they do do it. I don't know that they still do it, and then they are mad, and unsaved people don't have anything to do with it, and they call it Christian. The universal gifts that God has given to the church are intended to build the local church up. That's what these verses are all about. They're a very important set of verses. We're in Ephesians, by the way. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through to 13 there. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We've covered individually. And then last time, perfecting, for the perfecting of the saints. And that they perfect are perfected for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so thus receiving the gifts and thus being taught by these leaders in the church that the Holy Spirit does not intend that those who have a gift in the teaching things should monopolize the ministry. Gifted people do the work of the ministry. They're equipped others, uh, the teachers do, to carry out the work of winning people, shepherding the flock, teaching God's word. As I said, um, you said, I think, not so long ago that it would be good to be able to visit, if you could, the Spencers. Now you can visit Mrs. Spencer. And um, that would probably be helpful for her to remember things and uh, recall times past. I did a bit of that today. Anyway, we'll go on. <laughs> the purpose. We come to the purpose outlined, and that's the middle point there in that page that we have, Ephesians 4.13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. It's, it's, <laughs> this is the purpose of, of doing this. To the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that we can be knit together in the unity of truth and doctrine. And I pray that it might be more and more so as we see heresy and false doctrine all around us. And Lord, that we might be able to move forward as we unitedly labor and serve together. Minister the word to us tonight as we look at this verse in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so the purpose outlined. How does this verse say unity in Christ's body will be achieved? It talks about, tied with the other verses, when edification through the word brings saints to maturity. That's not by setting aside our doctrinal difference. 
It's not taking a survey in the streets of Albury and saying, what do you want in a church? And being pragmatic in our approach, well, it works, it gets people in, let's do it. That's what churches are doing. It's not by dialogue with those who are liberal in doctrine. It's not by compromising the truth. No, none of these things bring true unity to the church. It's not by... (coughs) you know, partaking in a crusade, and as you know and probably heard that Billy Graham passed away last week. The night before, I just read an article about him and what he had, when he had first started talking to Catholics. It wasn't during his ministry, it was before he started his ministry. He was in a train and a prominent, his surname was Sheen, Catholic, must have known Billy Graham was on the train. Young man, still training. This fellow walked in to his cabin when he's just about going to sleep on a train and started talking to him and talked for many hours. And after Billy Graham sent, uh, the fellow left, Sheen left, the Catholic. He said, uh, you know, it set my course. It was the greatest time I'd ever had with a Christian brother. That is before he started his real ministry out there in evangelising. You can see, and, and, and all the time he was mixing with Bible, ba- no, ba- Baptist people, Bible-believing Christians saying he's a fundamentalist. And others were saying, no, 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 he's meeting with these people. And people saying, no, don't be so silly. And, and he was. It was a lie. It was a cover-up. And even his secretary, when phoned and asked by Dr. Ketchum, who was a separatist in America, he was part of the people that um, Pastor Goff come from, that group there, and... Master Barton and others, he taught on separation. Even he wrote to the, the Billy Graham and the secretary said, don't be so stupid, he would never do that. And at the very time that letter was written, he was doing that. And you think, well, he was cooperating with the Catholics from day dot. He did go to Bob Jones University for one semester and couldn't hack the separation and left and went to a more liberal one. And more and more liberal seminary after that. So you don't, and you say, well, people are in heaven because of that. Yeah, even one of the lectures on the night classes from Bob Jones got saved through him. But he said he can't work with him, even though he got saved through him. And um, so, <clears throat> yeah, he's 99, passed away just last week participating in crusades and he he said if i'm coming to a town you've got to work together catholic protestant of all breeds and shapes and sizes otherwise i won't come that's a forced cooperation that's not what god has said that's not what unity is talking about it's not by lowering the standards it's not by bringing certain music into the church that we have unity It's not putting on a brave face when we know the sin in the camp. It's not by absenting ourselves from teaching and fellowship either. But by apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers doing their job, preaching the word with understanding. And that's what the Lord wants us each to participate in if we're one of them and be under if we're one of them and work through the local church. Now that we come to this purpose outlined here in the outline, it this sort of meeting and getting together 
brings us to unity. And there's some sound things here. The word sound is not used here, but it's something that I went to in thinking sound. It's got to be sound to be right. I looked a word up, 5198 in Strong's Concordance. Hagaino. Hagaino, I believe it's pronounced. It means to be healthy, sound, whole, wholesome, and well. And this is what it means to be sound. Let's turn to a few references to do with soundness. And this is what we need in the day when things are getting a little shaky. I remember when the earthquake happened over in Wellington, New Zealand. One of the, was it two? or The main one there. And it got to shaking and then it just turned to mud, slop. You know how you get on a wet patch? And maybe you haven't been in a, in a dam where you've got muddy stuff and you get in there. And you just start wriggling round a little bit. Just go like this. Yeah. It all starts going jelly, jelly, wet, and start going down, 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 down like that. You get out quick. You try to move across, across quick. Don't stand there. And um, <clears throat> that's unsound ground. <laughs> that's quicksand. Get out quick. And uh, I think there's even a couple of rubber boots of our children in Lake at camp. Because before it was filled, we had our kids and Merv Davis's kids were there and were putting tyres down into the, for the fish into the lake so they could hide from the shags when we put the fish in. And <clears throat> there were, there's a few gumboots left there because <laughs> they couldn't get out. They were stuck. And it's pretty soft at the bottom, but God wants us to be on sound spiritual ground. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, we start with and we read this. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of what? A sound mind. It seems there's a lot of people around without sound minds that can't think straight. They can't come to the right conclusions. They're all bamboozled like a rabbit in the spotlight. Sound minds is what God wants, and that's through the preaching of the word. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 13. See what's sound in this. Hold fast the form of sound words. What are the soundest words in the world? Yeah, you got it in your lap. The word of God, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And Timothy was just getting Timothy then, a letter. So there's some sound words for you, Timothy. Take these words and use them for living. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. That, that's what happens. We're talking about it on a Sunday. We are taken judgment. Judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. And there's, there's two there when he comes. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. The time will come when they will not endure what? Sound doctrine. What does God want us to have? If they don't endure it, that are a bit iffy, we have to have it. They don't have it, we must have sound doctrine as Christians. But after our own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they're everywhere. They're on the internet. Stephen Anderson, isn't it? We just got the books. We just got two bo books. 
Stephen Anderson. He calls himself a independent fundamental Baptist. And he's really going off he's really gone off the beam. In fact, he's taken a person out of our church that started though I think the Lord brought brought in to the church. And he's got out because of this bloke. Because I remember out in the car park with Pastor Hine talking to this man about things and and then it came out about Steve Anderson and we said, Well, you know, he's off. But he's he's a long way off. The Holocaust didn't happen. You don't have to repent to get saved. Uh, you know, there's quite a few doctrines. And he's a big, growing sensation today. He's, a, he's able to get out there and, and he's on the internet. He's all over the place. These people who are out there doing these things. They are itching ears and people are glad to have something new. That's not biblical, not sound. The Jews no longer. The church takes all the promises of, of Israel to themselves. And um, the Jews are the Zionists. I heard, the, I heard this about 15, 20 years ago. The, the Zionist movement, that's all it is, the Zionist movement. And it's all concocted. They're not really Jews. They're Ashkenazi Jews and this sort of Jew and that. They're in other words, Jews that never were born Jews, they were proselyted Jews. Well, okay, they can be Jews too, according to Old Testament. But anyway, all this, these, these heresies are going everywhere. Heap to themselves, teachers having each and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Sound doctrine is essential in a time when unsound doctrine is everywhere. Titus chapter 1 verse 9, just over the page. We read there, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able, be able by what? Sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. And this book I've got on Steve Anderson is a good <laughs> It gives the scriptures to say that's wrong because this, the Bible says this and the Bible says that. Um, <clears throat> I, I was reading today or yesterday about a fellow called Jack Van Imp. Anyone heard of Jack Van Imp? He was all the rage when I was a young fella, only a teenager, middle teenager. And he, he, he memorised the Bible. They call him the walking Bible. And he's rank charismatic now. You hear him back then in powerful, loud, you know, it's like like evangelist type preaching. And uh, it was impressive when he was a young person and heard Australians and then heard him. <laughs> Jack Van in the walk. Even back then, he was memorised the New Testament by then. And 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 the writer was saying, even though you memorised all the Bible, look where you can get. If you don't obey the truth of what you read, uh, me memorize and meditate upon it. And uh, <clears throat> he gave other illustrations of people that have done that too. It's good to have the Bible, yeah, read the Bible, yeah, obey the scriptures. Tony Bitt touched on that on Sunday. It's not, a, not just to know about it, but to know him. Um, <clears throat> second, uh, Titus 2 1, have we read that one? But speak the other things which become what? Sound doctrine. So there's three there that are one Second Timothy and uh, Titus twice. Sound doctrine. The purpose of building up the saints. Sound word minds, sound words, sound doctrine. <clears throat> there's, there's a Bible verse in the New Testament that talks about jesting, joking. It says limited, 
limited <laughs> and be careful on that because uh, jesting has a, I think the word is jest that it's put in one of the epistles there then another one another one's in first uh, Titus chapter 1 verse 13 we have this witness is true wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be what sound in faith all these things have to do with teaching people to be sound sound in faith the same thought is in chapter 2 and verse 2 of Titus the aged men be sober grave temperate sound in the faith sound in faith in charity and in patience sound in these things so sound in the faith the bible says to churches to timothy lay hands suddenly on no man because he might not be sound in faith or sound in doctrine he might not have sound words and that's why it's so hard with churches now to find pastors that will keep the church on track in these things next one titus 2 8 and we have there you've got the words but not the you get the, the references titus 2 8 sound speech much like sound words that cannot be condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to save you sound speech sound speech and um, that needs to be something we have as Christians. Now, what does these things result in? Well, it results in what it says back in Ephesians. We come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Let's see in Timothy, in 2 Timothy, some of the results of this sound teaching. Chapter 2 and verse 24. This unity that comes, this true spiritual unity. Oh, sorry, we'll go to 1 Timothy first, chapter 4 and verse 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation and to doctrine. Timothy, till I come to do these things, just like it says over in Ephesians, to, the, the people might be taught and grow in the Lord. In verse 15, meditate upon these things, give, your, give yourself to them, don't just think about them, do them. Holy to them that they profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in so doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. See, the result is you'll save yourself from a lot of trouble. Was Timothy already saved? Yes. What does he mean by saving himself? Save himself from getting off off the off the wrong in the wrong way on the rabbit trail or getting off into false doctrine you'll save yourself and and them that hear you you'll save them you'll help their lives your salvation could happen and sanctification growth this is a result of holding the truth and preaching the truth without compromise true unity and salvation we might say happens back in chapter 4 and verse or over a bit further chapter 4 verse 6 of first timothy if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine unto which thou hast attained. And so you'll be sustained, you'll be undergirded, you'll be encouraged in these things. A good minister you will be of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it'll be nothing better 
better to hear than to hear what? When you meet the Lord, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And Christians are moving out into eternity every day. Every minute of every day, a few Christians are dying and going out in to meet the Lord. I wonder how many well dones. Thou good and faithful servant. Second Timothy, another result. This isn't in the outline, by the way. These are the results. I haven't got, I didn't have them there at that time when I put this together two weeks ago, or some of it together. Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-four. We've looked at these, I believe. Second Timothy. No, we didn't. I was going about look at them. In verse twenty-four, the servant of the Lord must not strive. How hard that is sometimes. You just want to go in and, okay, go at it. Strive with them. Have an argument. Beat them up spiritually. <laughs> but no, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be what? Gentle unto all men. Apt to teach, patient. What, Tim, what Ephesians is talking about, the leaders of the church. In meekness, instructing those that oppose him or himself. Um, Brother Andrew Leng preached on this the first time he preached here, actually. He, he, he had a different approach to what, the, what it's saying here in application. But <clears throat> in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Can you oppose yourself? Yep. You can be doing and believing and listening to something that's wrong that, op that opposes yourself and heads you in the wrong direction. You can oppose yourself. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Timothy, just keep at it. Patiently, stri not striving, teaching and preaching the word that they would be turned around and believe and acknowledge the truth the doctrine and that they listen to what these people that are opposing themselves are in in the situation that they may be recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will when we believe that which is not right we put ourselves in the snare of the devil and if you if you give way a little bit he'll just get another foot in the door and another finger in the door and he'll keep on edging his way in and take, you're taken captive by heresy or false doctrine at his will. Someone smoking outside. <laughs> it's pretty strong. Might even be up on the roof doing it. <laughs> I've got to, Yeah, you don't smoke, you can really smell it. Let's go <laughs> move on. The blessings from this. Back in Ephesians, we'll finish with looking at this verse. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. <laughs> the blessings is unity. Unity of the body. Um, understanding. It, it reads next. And the knowledge of the Son of God. Understanding the Son of God. Unto a perfect man. The ultimate goal is to a perfect man in perf perfection in our a striving to perfection in our Christian life. I say none of us reach it until we get our new body. 
And it reads, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ. So there's four points there. Unity, understanding, unblemished, perfect man. And the ultimate goal is to measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. Now, does it mean his physical stature, how tall he was? A muscly? No. It's his spiritual stature. What he did, what he suffered, what he went through without responding or with responding at the right time. That's the statue that God wants us to be, like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he's doing through our life. The challenge is Christ-likeness. Um, <clears throat> remember the series we did? Maybe we should do them again. Changed into his image. Changed into his image from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 2 Corinthians three seventeen and 18. Talk about that. Changed. I'll read that. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the, the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So we're challenged to Christ-likeness. We're changed into Christ-likeness, and we are cleansed from the filthiness, perfecting holiness, before him in Second Corinthians seven one, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. And Second Timothy two twenty one tells us that too. So we're challenged to be Christ like. We're changed from glory to glory. We're cleansed from all filthiness, and we're conformed to His image. We might we go for a verse B. Uh, oh, can't even start. What's the verse? Yeah, that's it. That that word. That, I mean, that verse. Where is it found? Romans twelve one and two, isn't it? And how does it get going? Get us going. Someone get us going. I beseech you, therefore. Hey, there you go, Doug. Come on. shouldn't put it on the spot you would probably have done it i beseech you therefore by the mercies of god that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto god which is your re reasonable service then the next verse and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god romans 12 1 and 2 being conformed to his image that's what ephesians timothy Romans, I'll speak about till we come into that unity. That's what the local church is about. These three, four verses are so important. Then there comes the warning, and we'll do it next week, the precaution that's given. So the purpose is outlined here to build the people, to grow the people, to get them like Christ. Then chapter 4, verse 14, that we be henceforth no more children tossed to and fro. So... Um, <laughs> Don't be like Peter on the right on the waves. <laughs> Lord, I'm going down. Help, save. He reached out and lifted him up. There's um, plenty of dangers out there, and we'll look at those next time. Precautions.